The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Has there ever been more excitement and anticipation before a Rugby World Cup quarterfinal involving Ireland? Well, maybe we have been here a little bit before. I remember being in Lansdowne Road 1991 for the game against Australia, which we didn't have a lot of expectation going into the game. But four minutes from time, Gordon Hamilton got the try that Ralph Keyes converted to put us ahead. And then, unfortunately, off the restart, Rob Saunders didn't put the ball into touch. The Australians counter-attacked and Michael Lina got in at the corner. And I still remember, never been in a crowd like it, 50,000 people going absolutely silent so that you could actually hear the Australian players celebrating on the pitch. And then we had all the expectations again in 2011 after we'd beaten Australia in the group stages and a terrific performance, thought we could beat Wales and they did us. And then in 2015, we beat France in the group stage, but with a number of injuries, we go and play Argentina in the quarterfinals and they did us. So, we have Matt Williams, Paul Wallace and Liam Toland with us. Paul, I'll start with you. Are we in a better place coming into this quarterfinal than we were in any previous quarterfinal? Or are we exaggerating our own ability when you consider that we're playing against New Zealand? Well, I was in Anderson Road for that, Gordon Hamilton, and I was as close as we came to getting through a quarterfinal. Um, as a team, yes, I think even that Ireland team, there wouldn't have been any expectation to go the whole way and win this uh, competition. Beat the All Blacks, um, I'm convinced we'd win a semi-final, and then it's down to a, a 50-50 again, probably against France, South Africa. So um, it, it, it's, a, it's a huge game, but it's an Irish team that's shown a, a mental fortitude and a, um, a playing ability to, uh, and a toughness um, an understanding of the game like no other Irish team has done before and you know to have done what they've achieved like going to New Zealand and winning a series to one arguably I thought they, a couple of other breaks they could have won that as a whitewash down there as well in, in that first test they, they've, they've done it all they've got the experience there you're never going to get a more experienced uh, fly half as Johnny Sexton at this stage is 37 and you know, you know playing out there but also the it, 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 they're just maturing at the right time. Everyone seems to have, um, you know, there's no player, there's, okay, one or two younger players that have come into the squad over the last season or so, but generally guys are three, four seasons in, the quality is there, but they're just, they're peaking at the right time of their whole careers, not just of the season. And I think we've been very lucky with our, very unlucky with our pool, but very lucky with our run-in that we had the easier games so we didn't have to overplay the players in the warm-up games to be, you know, flying from the first game in the World Cup and we're, we're coming good now so I think we're in a, in a very good position going into this of course, Liam Toland, we have won 17 games from the trot, which equals a world record in Test Rugby, which proves just how good we are but it's New Zealand does that make a difference? Or could it be that we're, we're overestimating New Zealand simply on the basis that they are the All Blacks that in their build-up to the tournament, they got hockeyed by South Africa and France were convincing winners against them in the pool stage and they haven't really had to play anyone else since. Are we possibly giving them more credit than they deserve? 
Uh, well, I suppose I'll answer that by saying in the opening game against France, uh, New Zealand held France to about an hour before France scored a try and they scored a fluky try in the end. Uh, this New Zealand team is better than that team of a few weeks ago. They've, they've improved it by uh, team selection, has improved as a result of it. There's four new faces that didn't start that particular game. So they're a stronger side. And I think uh, Paul referred to, to the, the series win. I think in many ways, we did New Zealand the best favour we could by beating them because Ian Foster was, was forced to make changes, Joe Smith came in, but a guy who probably isn't a household name, a guy called Jason Ryan came in as well. This guy's a teak tough uh, forward. The lineup mall defence has improved, their scrum has improved and selection is very important with uh, Tyrrell Lomax who, who starts now. How long he lasts with his injury I don't know but hugely important so scrum has improved their line-up defence has improved line-up more that is but what's really interesting is I felt that in the last eight years New Zealand thought they could get out of jail by their skills alone and I saw them in the World Cup final in 2015 when they came out at half time did four man laterals because they just wanted to do their skills I was also at the game against uh, when they played England in the semi-final in 2019 and they got blown away they forgot about the physicality of the game I think Joe Smith and Jason Ryan have brought them to a, a clarity uh, importance of the breakdown and they've vastly improved how they're playing as well as how they're attacking they're, they've gone yeah, but to Liam, a, could, could it not be though that even if they're better from where they were in the summer of last year that Ireland are also better there's no doubt, but I'm trying to answer your question. There's no doubt that that's the crest. But even if you benchmark Ireland to New Zealand, Ireland have, got, have improved because they've had a consistency of selection in this tournament before that. Whereas New Zealand now have improved because of a team selection and they've been an easier game. You look at minutes played, like my worry about the fixture and I'm determined Ireland will win. But if this comes down to the last 10 minutes, fatigue, as we saw against Scotland, began to catch that fatigue element shouldn't be uh, in the in the New Zealand because they have such an easier run. So Ireland, how much damage are they going to do in that first opening hour? Which is hilarious considering we're playing against the All Blacks. But it is important that we don't necessarily want to come down to the last, last 10 minutes because we have, a, a, you know, we've come through a lot of battles in the last few weeks. Matt Williams. Even though we've beaten New Zealand five times in the last game, eight games we've beaten them, having never beaten them before Chicago in 2016, is it possible that the All Blacks really deep down won't take us that seriously on the basis that when it's really mattered at a World Cup, we've never been able to lay a glove on them and that they'll believe that as All Blacks, when push comes to shove against an Irish team that's never, an Irish nation that's never gone beyond the quarterfinals, they just think they'll win. Matt, I'd much prefer to talk about that 1991 quarterfinal, but you could, you could see that New Zealand want to play Ireland simply because they were humiliated in their own country by Ireland 18 months ago. New Zealand want to play Ireland and they want revenge and they have got their number on this Irish team. But th- there's, there's something different here, Matt. This Irish team has learnt how to beat New Zealand and that the psychological aura of the black jersey that's so... Uh, masterfully crafted through their media and and outputs. That's changed. The Irish team are not not kneeling down in front of that black altar anymore. They know they can beat this team. They've proved it. One of only three teams in history to win a three-test series there. And while New Zealand wants revenge, and let's remember, Matt, there is no such thing as a poor New Zealand side. Some are better than others. This isn't the greatest New Zealand side I've ever seen, but it's not a bad New Zealand side. 
they want to play Ireland, but this Ireland team, I, I think, has just improved and moved on so much, even since when they won the series in New Zealand, that they have this team's measure. I think it's going to be a great game. And, and no, New, New Zealand will not be taking Ireland lightly. And here's the other part. Ireland are not bowing down in front of that black jersey. They believe in themselves. They're full of confidence. And that's what winning in New Zealand does to teams. So many teams have won World Cups. Right, uh, right back to uh, that 1991 uh, series you spoke to, every tournament when a New Zealand sign hasn't won it with the exception of 2007 that team has won or drawn a game in New Zealand a year before or two years before and that proves to themselves not and the world that they're good enough so I don't think this New Zealand side is as good as any of those others I think it's gonna be a cracking game but I, I do think Ireland have their measure Okay, let's talk about the New Zealand strengths and weaknesses, though, and the players. I mean, who are the players in particular, Matt, who stand out for you as being top class and match winners? And where are their potential weaknesses? Because one thing I think we'll all remember from last year was when uh, Peter O'Mahony had a go at Sam Kane and told him he was uh, something, a poor man's uh, Richie McCaw, shall we just say, for example. <laughs> you've, you've got that message across very well, Matt. It, it, look, I, I think this is... There are so many good players in this side. Obviously, Aaron Smith, Richie Monger at nine, Richie Monger at ten, Artie Sevilla, uh, their, their, their second row, uh, their bench, you know, Sam Whitelock on their bench, uh, Papalihi, their, their replacement flanker, has not missed a tackle. Uh, uh, Ioni at, at 13 is a great player. Will Jordan on the wing, Lightning, Burden Barrett, fantastic. They have match winners all across their uh, team. Here is a weakness for them. They are an ageing team. Cody Taylor, 32. Retallick, 32. Smith, 34. Uh, Whitelock, 35. Dan Cole, 36. Barrett, 32. What you get with ageing teams is what you get with young teams. You get inconsistency. And if we look at this, this New Zealand side this year, they have played some exceptional rugby at home. Absolutely exceptional. But against uh, France in the, first round, in the first round of the pool stages, they were very poor. The, Games before that against South Africa and Twickenham, they were appalling. This team has had a very easy run after that French game until now. And I, I can't, I don't think you can actually give it any credit. They played really poor opposition. They're going to be playing a top class side. The pace of the breakdown is what's going to win or lose this game. Now, as Liam just said, you've got Joe Schmidt and Jason Ryan there, experts at the breakdown. France took this team, this New Zealand team, apart at the breakdown. So that if, if New Zealand have got a hope in this game, they've got to get that breakdown right because Ireland are going to target them there. Here's a crazy thing to say, and we're saying some crazy things here tonight about the All Blacks. Ireland are going to target their set play, especially the line-out. I, I agree, Tyrrell Lomax, who's just come back in the size, only had 40 minutes of rugby in the whole World Cup. How long can he go? And then their props on the bench, they struggled a bit in other games. So amazingly, as this is, statement is, Ireland are going to attack their line-out and Ireland are going to attack their scrum and Ireland are going to attack them at, at the breakdown. Paul Wallace, when Ireland beat New Zealand in Chicago in 2016, there was another game a couple of weeks later back in Dublin, and New Zealand won, but playing a style of rugby which was among the most violent I've ever witnessed at a game. How important is it going to be for Ireland tomorrow to maintain a level of discipline to make sure that there's no yellow cards and that if anybody is on the other side... uh, doesn't behave as they should, that Wayne Barnes sorts that out. 
yeah, discipline is huge. If you go down a player, it's um, you know against with the finishing ability that that, that New Zealand have. And um, you know anyone, if they make one line break, they'll have a ninety percent chance of, of finishing it. Where most teams, it might be a sixty or seventy percent chance. They're so leading you go down one player, you have one gap. They will target it. They'll go for it. They're very practical. I think we've got much better attacking systems. And uh, I think Mike Cavan's done the most wonderful job with that Irish team and the complexity of attack from every player that's involved you know last weekend Johnny Clexton barely touched the ball for happen. so we have that but what they have is real out and out players that have with great skills great footwork great power so if you give them space that's where they will take it take real advantage so yellow cards yeah it, we have our discipline has been generally one of the best in world rugby and I think that's one of the secrets to of being such a successful side um, but you can't afford to go down to 14 players. And um, as you mentioned there, Wayne Barnes, he's, he's uh, very shrewd ref. And um, one of the good things that <laughs> playing New Zealand nowadays, New Zealand were always uh, worth about three, four, five uh, penalty decisions because they were the All Blacks. But they don't have that all now. And even though Wayne Barnes is very good at differentiating that subconscious message that the better team should be getting decisions, um, I think Ireland are at least on parity in that regard. And I think that, you know, when you played against New Zealand, you knew you were going to get decisions against you. I think we've moved on from that. So um, it's just yeah, keep your discipline, keep the communication going with the, with the referee. And um, yeah, and then physically impose yourselves because so this New Zealand team. They're brilliant when they when they when, when they can physically dominate and get in behind you, but when they don't and they don't have the power to do that, then a lot of the players like Frizzell, you know, his running is great when they start getting going forward, and the whole back line, then they really can freeze. So I think it's that physical battle uh, in defence, the game line, the breakdown, as mentioned there, it, it, the speed of that, and uh, then I think our our attacking complexity of the team is better to to, to win the game. Uh, Liam, about four years ago when I was ghostwriting Jamie Heaslip's autobiography, one of the things that came up was the time Wayne Barnes sent him off for Ireland against New Zealand at a time when he only booked Richie McCaw. Um, how important is Wayne Barnes, the way he referees a game? And what in particular would you like him to look out for tomorrow? Particularly when, against South Africa, it looked like on a number of occasions they got away with things at the line-out that disrupted Ireland. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure do I think Wayne Barnes is a positive for us or for New Zealand. I'm kind of sitting on the fence, to be honest. Uh, but, like, uh, Matt referred to it right there, didn't he? He said, like, the speed of the ball. Like, if you were to say, how are Ireland especially going to, you know, it's when they're motoring with Jameson Gibson Park. So the pace of the breakdown to allow him to, to utilise the unity of effort of how Ireland set up is what we want. So clearly Joe Smith is going to have to do a couple of things and, and the New Zealand management, they have to figure out how to manipulate Ireland's defence to, to, to get holes into themselves, but they also want to figure out how to slow Ireland down. And that's the key area. So if there is any, like if, if the, like I would urge those watching, wherever they're watching tomorrow, to count the, the, the recycle time. Is it If it's three seconds and below, I think Ireland are going to win it. But if it starts drifting to four or five seconds, that brings New Zealand right back into it. So how Wayne Barnes uh, decides the breakdown and then 
The second thing is that scrum, because Lomax is huge. Him starting uh, is a really, and I'd be interested to hear what Paul says, as a, as a Lions tight head, but Lomax is really, really important. So when uh, he goes off and he's replaced, and that front row is replaced, that's when Ireland, you want, really want to see Ireland eking out penalties. So the interpretation of a fatigued scrum in the last 10, 15 minutes, you want Wayne Barnes to be strong on Ireland's behalf, because I think Ireland are, will have a superior scrum. And what about the Joe Schmidt factor, Liam? Keith Earls was interesting on this earlier in the week, saying, you know, it's been four years since he's been involved with Ireland or the Irish players. There have been new players who've come through in that time. There are players who have certainly seemed to have developed their talent levels enormously under Andy Farrell's direction. So is the Joe Schmidt factor as much of one as some people are making out? Well, I think it's huge in relation to the All Blacks themselves. But like, you, I know they got smashed by, by the Springboks, and Matt referred to it, but I would say that they, their attention to detail and how they protect the breakdown has drastically improved, and their physicality on the breakdown has drastically improved. Not so much when South Africa were beating them apart, but there's a huge improvement in New Zealand in a very short space of time. So I think the effect and the impact, and you heard uh, today Richie Moanga um, <laughs> tongue-in-cheek the, the starting All Blacks out half tomorrow, said he kind of has to avoid him in the corridor because he just gets bombarded by information. And maybe that's an insight into the two types of characters that is. I think he's huge uh, from the All Blacks' point of view. And he will have... Uh, like his, his attention to detail around finding flaws in the opposition is notorious. His time in Leinster, his time in Ireland uh, proved that to be the case. So I would expect New Zealand to have plays to manipulate. The pitch is still only 70 metres wide, but I think both sets of coaches will have plays that we haven't seen so far that will try and open up space, and not necessarily in the first or second phase, but somewhere along the way. Like Sam Kane is a super defender. How can you get him into 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 space and then expose the, the New Zealand All Blacks? That's the type of question Joe Smith was trying to answer on the flip side. Okay, Matt, when you were with us on Wednesday evening to react to the Irish team that was selected, you expressed a doubt as to whether Mac Hansen would be able to play. How good is the news today that he trained fully with the Irish team in Stade de France? Well, that is very good news, Matt. Um, I, I think we we all have to just watch and hope. I, I, I certainly don't. I'm not privy to the to the extent of the a calf injury, but. If he is as a strained calf, it is very, very unlikely to recover in six days. So whether it was a bruise on the calf or something along those lines, like as you say, a dead leg on the on the calf, I am not sure. But I think Jimmy O'Brien will be playing a, a role in this game. I can't see him lasting the 80 minutes uh, at the intensity that this game is going to be played at, especially you know with Will Jordan. Now they've got uh, Lester Foyanga and Uka on the wing because Mark Talia. The um, uh, absolutely incredible winger they've uh, from from the uh, hot, um, sorry from the Blues. It has not selected and uh, Cam Roygaard. I'm absolutely shocked. The wonderful uh, up and coming young scrum half hasn't been selected, but still Hanson is going to play a lot. And sometimes they play Hanson as like another out half. He does the crossfield kicks. He does the linking plays. He is so crucial. So even if we can get. 50 minutes, 60 minutes out of him, a half even, I think that would be a huge, huge bonus for Ireland. Uh, the, the rest I'm, I'm not uh, as worried about. I, I think it would be really interesting to see what happens when Joe McCarthy comes on, the size of the man coming on. I think that's, again, here's me uh, talking uh, instead of Paul about scrummaging, but Joe McCarthy coming on, 
uh, putting his weight behind the front row late in the game. I think that is another really, really crucial selection that could have a, a, a really strong effect on the outcome of this game because that Irish bench looks really powerful and that they will need them, definitely need them because, as Liam said, there was fatigue in the team in that uh, last 10 or 15 against Scotland. We'll take a break. We'll come back for your final predictions and also talk about the other three quarterfinals that are on this weekend after the traffic with Mark Hogan. So let's talk more about the Rugby World Cup quarterfinals. Let's finish our build-up to Ireland and New Zealand by asking each of our panellists to call it. Liam Toland, you go first. Are we going to win? An Irish win, Matt, uh, but I don't want New Zealand to be in touch uh, in the last five, ten minutes to fatigue my catches, but I think by a score. Okay, Paul, your prediction? Yeah, I'm going to go with an Ireland win. Uh, again, they need a big start. Um, what Matt mentioned earlier, Kelly, I think he was a very important player. Him out really sort of sways it for me. Um, I think we'll match them physically, and if we do, we, we'll be able to control the game. But it's going to be tight. Matt Williams. Oh, I'm so nervous here. I'm agreeing with the boys. Um, absolutely, Ireland to win. Very tight game. All the things the guy said, the thing that... that the one thing that we've got to control is the cards. If we keep everyone on the field and we don't give New Zealand uh, a man overlap there for 10 minutes, Ireland can do this. OK. Let's talk about the other games. The other giant quarterfinal, and some people are saying the other real semi-final, is France against South Africa on Sunday evening at 8 o'clock in Stade de France. Matt, start with you. What are you expecting out of this game? Well, I might be an outlier here, uh, Matt. Look, I, I think France are South Africa's nightmare. Everything that South Africa boasts and say they are, the French are and better. The French are bigger. The French have gone for a 6-2 bench. South Africa have gone just back for a, a normal 5-3. Uh, the, the greatest player in the world, DuPont, is back in. They can match the South Africans physically. They have much more flair in their team. Two giant centres in Dante and uh, Gail Fiku. Pace on the wings and they have the highest goal-kicking percentages and one on the bench is also in the highest goal-kicking percentages. Uh, it's it's just a, an all-round team in the Stade de France with the nation behind them. I think this South African team has one way of playing and when they do it, they are exceptionally good. But I think France will have them on every single front. And I think their decision to not bring over a specialist hooker and put him on their bench could be their downfall. I think the French are really going to go them late in the game and the scrums. And if they get penalties, it'll be three points every time. What do you think, Paul, of this game? Yeah, if there's, a, if there's pace in the game, I think France will, will go ahead. But um, South Africa, their physicality, the second row in particular, uh, it's about master, I think, their line-out ability. Uh, for Newland back in, it's a big one. So I, I think they're physically dominating in France. Um, but I, I think it's going to come down to a goal kick. It's, it's another one of those really tight ones. Um, but, but if South Africa can really put pressure on DuPont and Jalibert outside, and if they're carrying an injury like that, uh, facial injury, you just wonder is he going to be the, the player that we've seen uh, so far it's very difficult to play quite freely when you know you're carrying an injury and he can't be 100% so that could be the one thing to pound fold but for now I'm just going to go with France because of the goal kicking of Ramos And indeed Liam, South Africa have left their goal kicker on the bench 
Yeah, I, I, two things I really uh, like to, to quote George Hamilton: "A nation holds its breath." How much pressure will be on France uh, if if all is not going to plan? And that's a key thing. Interestingly, from so I agree, France is going to win it, but but their bench 21, 22, and twenty three: Faf de Klerk, uh, Henri Pollard, and Willy Leroux. Willy Leroux is a very interesting selection on the bench because he has the ability to add a little bit of flair and a little bit of variety that we typically didn't see against against Ireland. I think France. I think France is going to win. I bloody hope they're going to win. But that bench of those three guys could make a difference in Pollard with his goal kicking. This is really getting ahead of ourselves, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. Matt, if Ireland were to win their quarter-final... Who do you think they would prefer to see as potential finalists against them, France or South Africa? Um, gee, that's a great question, Matt. Uh, I haven't. I'm too scared to look ahead. Um, I, I, I don't think Ireland would like either of those. I mean, they've, they've beaten South Africa twice their last two meetings, and they've beaten France in uh, in Dublin. So I, I think they would simply say. Uh, whatever the, the rugby gods place in front of them, they've got to beat them. I, I, I think they would prefer South Africa because I think everyone in the tournament would prefer South Africa. France in the Stade, Stade de France with a nation behind them just feeling that this is destiny that they're going to win, I think would be a very, very hard hard task and a very big ask. South Africa, on the other hand, when you've beaten them twice the last two games and you lost four of your first five lineouts. Uh, I think Ireland would be feeling that they would have their measure either side. Matt, let's just, what we're saying here, the New Zealand, South Africa and France, you play those teams, it can go either way. These are great sides and there's nothing between them. But to answer your question, I think that's that's the answer I would give you. OK, let's talk about the other games. Wales against Argentina tomorrow in Marseille, Paul. Wales having cruised through their group, going great guns after what had been a poor Six Nations. Warren Gatland weaving his usual magic. Argentina looked terrible against England. They've improved a little bit since. Is this one going Wales's way? I think so. Uh, Jack Morgan has been inspirational as a captain leader for a 22-year-old. But also, there's so much experience in that back line. Gareth Davis at Scrum has been outstanding. you got bigger back in there. Uh, Reece Samet Adams, Liam Williams at fullback, George Hortet. There's so much experience out there. I, it, this is an Argentinian side that aren't that that fearsome up front, especially in the front row. Uh, maybe they're backfired a bit more. Um, they're also um, um, missing a, a couple of star players, um, uh, uh, even though they've got Issa in uh, Kramer, Martin Gonzalez in the back row. I, I, I just don't think they're, they're, they're this Argentinian team. Um, they, about a year ago, I would have put them way ahead of Wales, but on this occasion, um, no, I, I, I think I'm going to go Wales. Now, this might be unworthy to suggest it, Liam, but when it comes to England against Fiji, will the whole world outside of England be shouting for Fiji on Sunday afternoon? It will be anyway, Matt, if that helps. And my little world is, is very important to me. So uh, <laughs> I, 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 I do think that, that England, as bad now as they are, they have shown how to really disrupt Ireland the last couple of times that they've played. They can do a lot of things really, really well. Their attack is appalling and it's depressing to watch it. And it's just, in many ways, it just depresses me that they are, you know, that they're going to they're going to get there. I think they're going to be too good for Fiji tomorrow, which is, or the weekend, sorry, which is a travesty in so many ways. And I think Fiji were on the boil a few weeks ago and they're just, they're beginning to slip a little bit. But they've some brilliant, brilliant players. Bobby at seven is a phenomenal 
phenomenal player. Watch him alone. He's just wonderful. And there's so many talented players. But I think England are going to stranglehold them. With the one caveat, Marcus Smith at 15. Really interesting call. And Farrell at 10. I don't think it's his best position. Okay, what do you think of this game, um, Matt? Because England have dropped George Ford. They're up against a Fiji team that beat them in Twickenham in a World Cup warm-up. Could that victory for Fiji be a good thing for Fiji in that it gives them the confidence for this game? Or could it be a bad thing in the sense that it's given England the warning which they will heed? Probably a little bit of both, Matt. I I think Fiji, after their um, heroic performance against Wales and then defeating Australia, they, they then seem to play with the weight of the world on their shoulders. They play with fear. And Fijian teams that play with fear, just it's just not part of their nature. They don't know how to do it. And, and it showed. I think if they can approach this game saying, look, we've made the quarters, no one on the planet's giving us a chance. We know we beat these guys before in a warm-up game. Let's just give it a lash. Literally, let's just be who we are. If Fiji can muster that mindset... I think they're right in this. I, I agree with the boys on everything they said. I think, you know, right now I've got to say that England will win it. England have just been appalling. And so why am I saying that? I guess it's just conditioned into us. And that's why if this Fijian side can put pressure on them, we saw England crumble. 10 is not Farrell's best position. Uh, Marcus Smith is a fabulous player. I feel sorry for the young man because here he is put in at his first start. Well, he did play in a, in a warm-up game. His major start... In, is in is in a quarter final. I mean, the selection process of Borthwick has been absolutely. You know, you, you need a, a mystery uh, guide to take you through it. It's been crazy. If Fiji come out and really go at these guys and put them under pressure, they're right in it. But if they come out okay. and play like they have with the pressure, they'll they'll get done. I hope we're talking on Monday, celebrating victory for Ireland against New Zealand, and talking ahead to the semi final. We can hope. We've been here before. It hasn't worked out. Maybe this time is really different, given that this is the best Irish team that has ever gone into a quarterfinal. Our thanks to Paul Wallace, Liam Toland and Matt Williams for being with us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.